With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Lois behind the gloves. I am joined now with the one and only David Benavidez. David, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, you know, we're just um, getting closer and closer to the fight. I think now we got seven weeks left. So very excited, working extremely hard. And now I'm just basically putting the finishing touches on my my training camp and, um, you know, just getting closer to March 25th. Yeah, it sounds like you're very confident. Um, and it looked like you were at the press conference. And I really want to talk about that. Um, on Twitter, there was a video going around. Of, it was I think it was of you and, and your dad and maybe some of your your team outside the venue. And Caleb was there and there was kind of an altercation going on, maybe just verbal. But could you kind of tell us what was going on in that moment? Yeah, so we're like... Obviously, we're we're in boxing and we're all here trying to hurt each other. So any edge that we could get, even if it's mental warfare, you go in there, you put the pressure on it on him the whole time. And it's, if he breaks, he breaks. If he doesn't, we're gonna keep trying till he breaks. But I mean, also this is you gotta understand too. This is my this is pay per view too. So at the end of the day, it's all a show. You know, a lot of people will like to watch this and they like to get entertained by this type of stuff. You know, um, a lot of the boxing fans like to see this type of stuff. So. I was being a little extra, um, you know, to, of course, on my end, because that when you do stuff like that, that sells tickets. You know, it might, it might seem from the outside, like always oh, being too cocky, he's doing too much noise to this. But at the end of the day, we're trying to sell as much pay-per-views as possible. And if that sells pay-per-views, then so be it. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that Caleb had mentioned during that press conference, you know, he had said, I've been on this stage before. You haven't. What do you make of that when he said that? I mean, um, he has definitely been in a in a crowd. I mean, not in a crowd, in a fight with more people. Basically, not because of himself, but because of Canelo. And he can't really take too much credit because he got knocked out. You know, what I mean, to say what he said, he is on the stage. He went on the stage, but he didn't win. Um, so I mean, I, I fought. I fought the most crowd of the most people I've had in a fight was about fifty thousand. You know, I fought co-main event for Earl Spence, and my fights too. They're up like in the ten thousands. You know, um when I have my own fights, my main event. So it's more pressure. It's definitely going to be a lot more people, but this is what I live for. I mean, this is the life I wanted. You know, I've been dreaming of this since I was a little kid. I knew this moment was going to come one day and 
I'm more than ready for it. You know, I'm not going to let people or anything outside the ring mess with my game plan. And my game plan is to knock Caleb plan out. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I mean, you, you just touched on, you know, the, the, the pressure of it. Speaking of pressure, I feel like, at least in my opinion, from what I've noticed, I feel like you've got like a pressure fighting style completely down. Do you feel like Caleb is going to buckle under that pressure? Um, or how do you see that going? Yeah, that's my guess. You know, um, he's it's happened to him before. We've seen it. You know, in the first fight when he won, won his first world title, he was doing great the whole fight until the last four rounds. And he felt kind of fell under the pressure. But the guy that was fighting, he didn't know how to, you know, how to keep his foot on the gas. And his maybe his conditioning wasn't good. And then the second fight where he fights great the first half of the fight, but then, you know, he kind of loses his steam towards the end of the fight. I'm more of a, I'm a second half type of fighter. You know, I feel like I have a great gas tank. I have a great second win. And I know he's going to be running for me. I know it's going to be hard. Um, but like I said, we're ready for anything that comes our way. Um, I'm going to definitely put the pressure on a lot. I'm going to have to, if I want to win this fight and get a knockout, I'm going to have to throw a lot of punches. But that's fine. That's, I mean, that's, that's, already, that's how I fight. My style is coming forward, throwing punches and bunches and cutting the ring off. And that's exactly what I'm going to do for this fight. And I think that's definitely going to be the key to winning this fight. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that, like that's your fighting style, because as you were saying that, that reminds me of Kelly Pavlik. And I had no idea that, you know, way back in the day, you and him had, had sparred. So you had that uh, experience with a world champion just from the time of being a kid. So um, tell me just kind of like how things like that, like throughout your boxing career, things that most amateur boxers especially don't have access to. How did that sort of help you as you, you know, came along into your pro career? So that definitely helped me a lot. I would go as far as saying that that really shaped the type of fighter I am today, especially because going up against world champions at that age, uh, it really took everything I had, every ounce of energy from me. And they were not going easy on me. They were trying to knock me out just like I was trying to knock them out. So as for amateur fighters, some of them have a lot of amateur fights, but they never have that experience as far as world champions like that. And Kelly was just the beginning of, of my Basically, my I would say my amateur sparring session career. Um, but I start I went I started with Kelly and then I went with Golovkin and I stayed with Golovkin for a while. I sparred him for like four years and then the the competition just was getting tougher and tougher. And then I was getting the best of these guys, so I knew that I had something special inside of me. You know, I have the 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 fire in my heart and I have the fighting spirit that it that is necessary to stay to consistently win in this game. And I think that's just what it was. I think I just me being uh, overweight when I was a when I was a kid and people making fun of me. I think I kind of use that all as fuel, as to have this fighting style I am today. And that's why I fight. I fight so hard because I remember when nobody gave me a, sh a chance, nobody gave me a shot. Everybody would laugh at me, and I've I've always kept that chip on my shoulder. So that is definitely. Um, but definitely, I got to get the credit to the guys because those world champions definitely did shape my my, my fighting style, my mentality. Yeah, and it, it seems like you're kind of um, giving back, letting that life cycle happen because you have someone in your camp, um, Danny Blancas, who I actually clerked some of his national tournament bouts um, at the National Golden Gloves. And I remember thinking like, this kid is insane. This is going to be like a household name one of these days. Yeah. I remember thinking that. And then you posted two days ago and I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's he, uh, he, so I met him like two years ago and what always thought that stood out to me is, was 
the way he fought, obviously, he's tall and lengthy like me, but he he has a fighting spirit. Uh, the type of fighters are like me. I like them, and I like to extend my hand and, you know, help them in whatever way, way I can because I feel like now that I've, you know, came this far, I have a lot of experience, and I don't. I take it upon myself to give back in that way to fighters because not not a lot of fighters like that. And I think what makes me this type of person is because I really I wanted help from professionals and stuff like that, and they would just look at me and they wouldn't help me. So I feel like it's my job, you know, to help these guys, you know, lead them in a good, uh, in the right direction. You know, I've been through the goods, I've been through the bads, I've been through everything, so I have a lot of experience. But Daniel, I like him a lot. He's a really nice guy, um, and he comes to work every single day, and that's what I like about him. Yeah, um, and in the amateur system, like this year is especially like a big year for amateur boxing because it is the Olympic trials qualifying year. So all these national tournaments, you're going to qualify for the Olympic trials should you win. Um, do you have any advice for any of these amateur fighters who are going in here um, with Olympic dreams or even pro dreams? Yeah, I feel like this is something that, everybody needs to hear especially coming up in boxing don't let anything outside of boxing ruin your dream i mean sometimes it might it might be parties it might be friends it might be you know wanting to you know go after girls you know like trying to date around and stuff like that if all that stuff is honestly is just a distraction if you really want to be a world champion and you really want to be successful you can be successful you just have to put everything into it. Like, even with me, too, I had to move out of my city. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. So me and my dad moved out when I was, um, how old was I? I was 14 when I moved out. So that meant leaving my mom, leaving my sister. And then for, like, 10 years, I didn't really go back. I just And I didn't really see my mom either. I would see her, like, twice a year. And that was really hard to me. There was times when I would just cry and I would tell my dad that I want to go back to Phoenix, that this is too much. But he said, you know what? You could go back to Phoenix, but you could just forget about being a world champion. And I was like, damn, I'm this close to being, you know, going up to the ranks. I don't think I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I've come this far. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna give up now. So, and people, especially amateur boxers and people that want to be champions or will even make it to Olympics. Sometimes, sometimes it's not your, your time. You know, sometimes you just gotta. It's you have to be really patient with this. It took me to get my first pay per view ten years. You know, I've been professional 10 years. I turned pro when I was 15, and this is my first. But, you know, once you got to keep grinding, you got to keep working hard. But once you have the opportunity, give it your all. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it does sound like you sacrificed a lot, especially turning pro at 15. You really had to, you know, dedicate everything to that. But that is good that you had your dad as your trainer with you. Um, and there's a lot of that father-son dynamic in boxing. So, but I feel like it's different per situation. So, like – the Mayweathers may be a little different than the Benavidezes. So, like, kind of how is your relationship as father and son, but also as boxer and coach? Well, so me and my dad, um, it's not always 100% smooth. But as, like, I see it, like, the way, like, my dad is always going to be my dad. You know what I mean? So, and he was there for me when I didn't have nobody else. He got me to this level. So I would never leave my dad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even feel comfortable not training with my dad. But I do understand why some father-son relationships don't work because sometimes you just want to be your own man and the fathers kind of tend to hold on to the kids thinking they're still the little kids, you know what I mean? And it's not like that. Sometimes people get tired of that. But um, I feel like everybody to each their own, you know, I feel like if you can't stand your dad, I mean, then you shouldn't train with him. But for me, yes, for, I would, I just, for me, personal myself, I'm speaking for myself, I wouldn't feel right, you know, um, 
especially all this work that we've done, you know, been training. I started training when I was two, 26 now, so 24 plus years or 24 years to just come all the way up and then start training with another trainer. I don't think it would be right. So, I mean, it, it definitely is hard, but I mean, I think if your father respects you and you let him know that this is, I'm my own man, I want to do this and this is how it's going to be, there shouldn't be no problem. I feel like this, this fight for you is, it's a pretty big moment. It's a pretty big moment for your career. What does it mean for you? This, um, it feels like the second half of my career. It also feels like this is my, this is my moment. This, and I really do believe that this is my moment. I've been working my ass off since a little kid. And this right here could change my life, you know, and not only my life, everybody, everybody who works with me and all the kids that support me, you know, if they see me win pay-per-view and I become what I know I'm going to become, then I, I I shed light to the kids. Like, you know, you can become this. I'm in the gym every day. These kids see me. I'm doing the same thing they're doing. It's just that I've been doing it for way longer. So I think it makes me a role model. Uh, I think I want to be a pay-per-view star. That's where I want to be. And this is what's going to happen after this fight. And also to my son too, he loves boxing. So um, just, I want to be his superhero, you know, and I want to let him know that, you know what, my main, uh, my main motivation was you, you know, you know what I mean? So, and that's what I, yeah, that's definitely, I want, I want to be that role model in life. And, you know, I, I feel like that's what I'm going towards. Yeah. And I'm sure that, you know, the minute that bell rings, I'm sure that moment is probably in your mind right now. What do you think when that bell rings, what's Caleb going to bring? What's he bringing to the table? So to like, and for me uh, to tell other people like that, that, that box and stuff, uh, a good thing to do, a good move for whoever to do is before the fight comes, see it every day in your head. See exactly what you want to do. See what game plans you want to do and execute them. Because once you get in the ring, it's going to be go time. And you're going to have to, if, if, especially if you see it in your head or you're not in there confused. You know, you know exactly what you have to do. You have a motive. But the way I see it, I don't, and I got to give Caleb Plant the respect he deserves too. I can't go in there like, oh, I'm just going to throw two shots. And so it's not, it's not going to be like that. Um, I got to imagine him being at his best. I got to do all my moves right. I got to do all my defensive moves right. I got to set everything up right. But I think once the job is done right and the game plan is followed, the knockout comes on its own. Yeah. Um, and you you said, you know, Caleb Plant coming in at his best. What is Caleb Plant at his best? He's a, he's a sharp fighter. He moves good and he has good speed. But I don't think in his best day, I don't think he has the power I have. I don't think he has the ferocity uh, that I have in my combinations and in, in my, my body shots. Um I know it's going to be tough, you know, because I know, you know, he's a, he's a man that works hard too. So, but that's, that's why I chose this fight because this whole time I know he's been working hard, but I'm, I'm working extremely hard too. So I, the thing about it is you can't be scared of, uh, you can't be scared of this, this competition or um, of competing like this. If you got to take it full on, you know what I mean? And whatever I'm thinking in my head, whatever he does, I'm going to do better. And if, it takes from one round, two rounds, three rounds, all the way to 12 rounds. Once he makes that mistake, I'm going to definitely take advantage of him. And that's how he's going to get knocked out. Um, your dad had mentioned at the press conference, you know, he had requested a 22-foot ring. Can you kind of give us maybe your opinion on as to why he had requested that ring? Because I think he thinks that a 22-inch ring will favor him more because he's definitely going to be moving around. Um, but... This is this is boxing. You have to adapt to anything. Um, I think me fighting in a 22 inch ring would benefit me 
for the future as well. So, I mean, nobody, like, nobody gets me off guard. Um, I think I fought once in the 22 entering, but a long time ago. But, I mean, anyways, we've been moving around. We've been using legs. We've been doing everything that's necessary to make sure we're in comfortable in a, in a 22 entering. I think the conversation a lot of people have, you know, should you win uh, March 25th is the next fight, which would put you in the position to be mandatory for Canelo. Um, is that something you're thinking about right now, or are you kind of compartmentalizing it and not even considering it right now? No, I mean, I'm just letting whatever happens, happens. Um, I'm going to focus 100% on Caleb Plant. I don't think just because I'm mandatory, he's in the fight me because I'm already mandatory. I've been mandatory for the past three fights, and then I won the interim title. And um, the, the rules of that is once you win an interim title for the WBC, the world champion has to fight the interim champion. So that hasn't happened either. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, I feel like that's that's uh, we're kind of robbing the fans of that fight because it's not happening. I mean, I feel like, like a lot of people want to see that fight. But um, I'm gonna just be ready for whatever, you know. If, if when I knock Caleb Plan out, whatever comes, I'm I'm ready to fight the best, and then I really want to be the best, and I'll challenge whoever. If it just so happens that maybe Canelo doesn't go that route to um to fight you, would you consider moving up? No, I don't think I would because, like I said, I'm I've done all the work already, and I'm already mandatory for to fight Canelo, and he has all the belts. So why would I not just stay there for a little bit more? Um, I think after he gets these two fights, after he fights, I think he's going to fight John Ryder, and then he might fight Bivol. There's no excuse of why he, sh he should not fight me. And I think it's the job, it's the sanctioning body's job, you know, to uh, to let him know, you know, like, what the fuck? Like, it's, it's how are you going to fight this guy or are you not going to fight this guy? Or should we just, in, in the worst case scenario, he he vacates the belt and lets me fight for the belt. Um but I think he would catch a lot of heat for that. You know, I don't think he wants to vacate the belt and just let me fight for the vacant belt. I feel like the more the more time that he gives me, the better I'm getting. You know, I'm now I'm fighting a common opponent that he's fought. And I'm getting older, 26. I just turned 26 in December, so I'm I'm getting stronger, I'm getting faster. I'm I'm learning my craft as I go by. So I, it's a big mistake that he didn't fight me back then, but like I said, Canelo, he has every, every, it's like, I feel like he looks at every fight the same thing. He gets 50 million every fight. So it doesn't really matter to him. Um, I don't want to say ducking either, but I mean, he's letting his fans down a little bit because I know his fans want to see this fight. And you know, a lot, of, I hear a lot of people talk, but that's the thing that, that you got to look at it too. If I was such an easy opponent and I would, I, get, I would get ran through by Canelo, why hasn't he taken that opportunity to fight me already? Imagine that's one of the biggest fights that can be made. And if they do what they supposedly says he could does, they, that he could do, you know what I mean? It's it's gonna it's only gonna benefit him. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know why he's hasn't fought me yet, but I mean it's gonna come soon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you feel like um this part of your career has been the best part of your career, or do you think there is just better to come? No, there is definitely better to come. There's a there's a lot better to come. Um, like I said, I'm getting more experience. I'm working harder. I'm getting faster. I'm getting as the years go by. I'm getting dedicating myself more and more. I think that just comes with being a father and then you know being in a relationship and you know just all the past mistakes I have done. You know, um, 
if you don't learn from your mistakes, then you're just the same idiot you were. But I feel like now I've learned a lot. You know, I've learned a lot and I don't want to let my fans down. And most importantly, I don't want to let my son down. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like you all, uh, like the Benavides, has a very family-oriented um, camp and, and team, which I think is really, really cool. Is there, how is camp, like, what is the vibe in camp right now? It's cool. You know, I feel like it's 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 a freaking, it's a gym full of wolves, to be honest with you. Have to, you know, it's hard to kind of not control the guys, but everybody's in there working extremely hard. And even when I'm not sparring, I'm like outside in the ring coaches these guys and I'm trying to get the best out of them because, you know, that's just going to motivate me too, you know, and I feel like we're, we're a good team. We're a good family. We take care of each other really well. And that's how it should be with the team. That's great. That's great. Um, I do have to ask you this because there, there's a video going around today of, it looks like Raleigh. Um, I don't want to say he got, people are saying knocked out. It looks like he just got stunned. Um, in in the ring during sparring what do you make of that video even being posted that's that's the dangers of sparring at the mayweather camp you know everybody over there they're all looking for clout they're all looking for that but i mean i feel like as roly he's a person i know he's a good person too but the karma comes back and bites you in the ass all those fucking videos he posted knocking people out when he was younger you know what i mean people were just wanting to catch him and you know he got caught you know um but I don't think I don't really think anything of it anyways. I feel like if sparring happens and sparring happens to some people in sparring, it's just a sparring match. It doesn't really matter. But I mean, a, him knowing his ego and the type of person he is, he probably did take a, a big hit with that video. Yeah, absolutely. So, David, let's ask you this. What do you feel like March 25th people are going to see in that ring? What should they bet on? They should definitely bet. I don't want to say bet because I don't even like betting myself, but um, they should definitely see, they expect the best out of me. I'm definitely going to go out there and I'm going to get my heart and soul to my fans. And they've been wanting me to knock Caleb Plan out. And I told them, I promise I'm going to do this. So I'm, I'm going to give every ounce of energy I have in the fight and I will come out victorious and I will knock Caleb Plan out before six rounds. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.